Recording out at five Scotlands, you're listening to Films and Swearing, Halloween Horror Season, with your hosts, Scary Stu and Monstrous Mike, and you're listening to... I've said that part already. On with the music! Cheers for that, Vince. Welcome to episode 243 of the Films and Swearing Movie Podcast. It's this... It might be 44. Welcome to the second instalment of our Halloween season. Today, me and old Monstrous Mike are going to be doing a double bill of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and Halloween 2 from 2009. Um, I'm still trying to take in what... What the fuck was I just listening to? What, this? Do you want my cold cocktail style when I bring them back? What? Mm-hmm. It's amazing what you find on YouTube. You see me struggle till you wake me up. Mm-hmm. We both come out, you I whack, think it... we got him. Are you crazy? Hit him with what? So, yeah, we'll just fade that out. Yeah. Um, I say next week we try and find someone a bit more better. Obviously, <laughs> outside of the copyright. <laughs> issues and stuff, but that was fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I we have to mix up when it's Halloween season. Pull out the the awful Vincent Price impersonation, and I'm pretty sure it's my impersonation of the guy we paid like three years ago to do the voiceover. Yeah. So it is not getting better. <laughs> it's like a photocopy, and you photocopy it again, and then you copy that copy, copy that copy, and it just gets worse as it goes on. Yeah. But, aye, Halloween season, we don't have a Halloween quiz. That would have been too fucking clever of us. We still have standard film quiz. So let's have a best of three. Aye. Andy won last week. Aye. Uh, yep. Was that a clean sweep or was that a 2 to 1? Um, it was uh, 3 to 2. Uh, 3 to 2, aye. Uh. It looks like every card I've picked here is a comedy. Oh, I've got an animation. So yes, uh, if you're listening for the first time, I don't know why you're just listening now, uh, we like to warm up with a quick film quiz, the best of three, uh, taken from one of those like Secret Santa style gifts you would get at Sainsbury's. A film quiz with four categories, action, animated and comedy. I'm pretty sure this one's about two year old as well, but I'm pretty sure this one's pretty old. As in you've seen it before or, because I, I bought it last Christmas for us to start because the one that I brought, was that not the one that I... You, ah, you brought yeah. that this year as well. So, yeah. but no, I remember yeah. suggesting that at last Christmas when I noticed it in Sainsbury's, funny enough. Yeah. So, right, you start. Alright. Let's see how this goes. What kind of race is held by the gnomes at the beginning of Romeo and Juliet? Um, a sack race? A lawnmower race. Motherfucker. I've never seen it, so, you know, I would... I'd, I'd seen part of it. I was, like, when I was an usher at the Regent Cinema. I was there for part of the movie, making sure that there wasn't too much of a raucous crowd for Romeo and Juliet. Mm. It wasn't. It was tame as fuck, and 
had Elton John singing every five minutes. Ah. So I, I checked out early. Right, I'm going to give you a comedy one. Which 1998 comedy sees Lee Evan plays a deceitful friend of Cameron Diaz? That's um, a... about Mary. That's it. I had this fucking question last week to ask Andy. That was weird. I'm positive I've been in my answers, but... Mm. Aye, because he, he had an American accent. No, he had a he British accent. He was in crutches. Accent. Aye. Aye. He had a British accent, but then at the end of the film he had an American accent and he was a pizza delivery guy. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Because they did not like swipe the crutches away from him and he was freestanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I keep getting Keith Davis in that form as well. He plays the stepdad. Oh, when he gets all his fucking junk. Aye. Yeah, I mind his fucking reaction when he sees his balls. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Ed Helms and Owen Wilson play twin brothers searching for their dad in which 2017 movie? Oh, shit. Um, Ed Helms. Now, if it's searching for their dad, this film... I remember it. Well, I got two names. It was yeah. called, called like the Bastards yeah. at one point, and then Aye. it got Father something. It got oh, it got like a family friendly title. Yeah, I uh, I remember the Bastards, and it was on uh, Sky last year. Yeah, I, I watched that. And I genuinely thought it was pretty fucking terrible. Like it was too <laughs> long. Mm-hmm. It's too long you, and drawn out. I no, nah, I can only remember it as the Bastards. Uh, father figure. Damn it! Was it? Damn it! Damn it! Mm. So that's me. <laughs> Properly fucked so far. <laughs> uh, an action. Jesus Christ! You've got <laughs> the softest questions this week. Which 1993 Steven Spielberg action adventure movie was adapted from a Michael Crichton novel? Uh, it's Jurassic Park. It yeah. is. Fucking tearing that up before. I just said Steven Spielberg, nineteen ninety three, and I should have just stopped. <laughs> yeah. Could you class that as an? Ah, I suppose I action. Yeah, there is action and adventure. So that's two of the new you're over. Yeah, I've got to make some fucking comeback. Who played Charlie Croker in the nineteen sixty nine version of the Italian Job? I've never seen either. I've not seen not the old Michael Caine and not the fucking Marky Mark one. Fuck. Nope. Royally fucked. I think. It was Michael Caine. Was it? He was a. It was the original one in 1969. Oh, it was just the character name. I was like. Yeah. Not it threw me. Oh. Uh, it was Michael Caine. Oh no! It's just like two nil. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Come on, animated. Let's fuck him over. <laughs> this is totally the same questions for last week. Touch it then. I know. Uh, but I never asked this to you last week uh, maybe it was Andy's questions I picked up anyway where does EB run away to to avoid becoming an Easter Bunny and hop oh fuck me where did he go <laughs> um, down a hole Hollywood mm, hole Hollywood close so alright uh, right, so it's not over yet there's still a chance of redemption for me what colour is Belle's ball gown in the nineteen ninety one animation Beauty and the Beast? Yellow. Yes. Thank fuck. <laughs> there we go. Points <laughs> He's on the got board. A point on the board. 
It's not a complete fucking travesty. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, we're going for a comedy. Ah, this is an interesting one. In which 1985 movie does a baseball player have to spend 30 million in 30 days in order to inherit 30... No, sorry, 300 million dollars. Bruce Dunn's Millions with Richard Pryor. Ding, ding, ding. And John Candy. <laughs> I watched it last year on Netflix. Aye. It was right. It was right. decent. Rick Moranis was in it as well. Eh? Aye. He was a guy getting trying to sell him stuff or something. Mm-hmm. I remember quite enjoying it. It was like one of these ones where I never knew it fucking existed. And when I'd seen, like, Richard Pryor, John Candy, and it's like, man, this, this is like... Some big fucking names. Yeah. And I remember, and just with the consequences that he's been given this task, the fucking spend 30 million without being too fucking obvious. Aye. So there you go, that's my arse being scalped this week. <laughs> At least it wasn't a complete granny. Aye, exactly. I'd, I'd fucking hang up my headphones now. <laughs> so, for the films, probably should only be right that we discuss. Halloween 3 first. And now this is this yeah. odd occasion where we've both watched both movies. So it's not like I'm telling you about a movie and then you'll tell me about a movie. Yeah. We're both clued up on tonight's films. So Halloween 3 Season of the Witch from 1982. It was released in UK cinemas on the 9th of June in 1983. You know, you release your Halloween movie in the middle of summer. Mm, I know. It's a I know they released Halloween H2O got a summer release in America. It was more of a October release there. Yeah, that was when like films came out in America four or five months before we got them. Uh, aye, aye. See, it, that's a, it should be like a no-brainer now for like big films based around Halloween. Punt them out in October. Yeah. But yeah, this film is written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. He has uh, also several directing credits, but in amongst that uh, includes Fright Night Part 2, sequel to spell, the original, spell names, yeah. and the It miniseries with Tim Curry. Ah. He directed uh, well, it's episode 1 and 2 in the class on IMDb. Yeah. So, film stars Tom Atkins, Atkins. One of these things where I can never know if I'm mm. saying it right. Tom Atkins as Daniel Chalice. Stacey Nelkin as Ellie Grimbridge. Dan O. Hillary. Yeah, how I, I figured it out. Yeah, as a uh, doctor. Or, it's like Colonel or something. Aye, Colonel Cochrane. Uh, Michael Curry as Rafferty. Ralph Street as Buddy Kupfer. Jadine Barber as Betty Kupfer. Brad. Brad Schechter as a little buddy. Uh, Garn Stevens as Marge. Nancy Keys as Linda Chalice. Uh, Jonathan Terry as Starker. And Al Berry as Harry Grimbridge. Uh, Mike, what is the plot to Halloween 3? Season uh, of the Witch. Uh, How is that song not in that film? Would it probably have cost a fucking fortune? The head of Silver Shamrock project. Poises a plot to rid the world of children, and it's up to Tom fucking Atkins to stop him. Yes. Because the, the synopsis on IMDb was something along the lines of, all the kids want silver shamrock masks. What's the worst that could happen? 
Yeah. <laughs> it will just melt into your pus and spew a bunch of fucking insects and reptiles out. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, I know, I know it's... <laughs> and somehow Stonehenge is thrown in the mix. It's... Aye. It's a weird one. I, You could see why at first it was kind of... Hated. Yeah, aye. It's definitely, it's like the red-headed stepchild of the Halloween series. Well, maybe not, like, maybe one of the other Halloween films with Michael Myers could be considered as a stepchild, but yeah. this one is like an outright, do you even belong here? Yeah, because like, well, when I was on IMDb the day looking at my trivia notes, I was casually reading through some of the reviews and they, I was going through fucking rows and rows and rows of one-star reviews. People like just lambasting it because it didn't include the Myers story arc. No. Where's Big Mike and his knife? Mm. Where's fucking Jamie Lee Curtis? And that's that is one of these ones where it's so wildly different, but by the time I came around to seeing it, I was well aware that it was Yeah it, was it wasn't as looked on as fondly as the others. So maybe I feel like there is an outcry of people what going to watch it expecting Michael Myers and it just never appears apart from it on TV. Yeah. I I think if if you've seen the trailer when it came out and you had watched part one and part two, you would probably think that maybe there was like an underlying like plot point that mm-hmm. he was going to show up towards maybe the end or something. But nah, aye, that's it. Maybe they're expecting it to be kind of like Terminator Two. He shows up, but as the good guy and kills the silver shamrock guy. Don't yeah, against the struggling. I always felt that they kind of ruined that like, with the trailer and stuff. I mean, fair enough, it made it a bit more light-hearted. Yeah. Terminator 2 and stuff, but I think if they'd kept that a bit completely different. Aye, the fucking switch around would blow yeah. folks' minds. So, uh, this was your first time watching it. Yeah, it was. Finally. I finally got around to seeing it. Mm-hmm. I watched it um, last year, I think just in amongst October, to end of, like, follow that that. Common trend. There, one day's a horror. Yep. Uh, I think I've watched more silent movies this October than I have horror movies. I've kind of watched some horror films. Like I watched um, what have I watched so far? All stuff for the podcast. Um, I watched part five of Friday Thirteenth today just because there was nothing really on. For some reason my Amazon with me. It was really slow, so I just watched on Netflix. No. I watched Species of the Night, and I'm currently watching Part 2. I was watching like Part 2 before I come around. Ah, right. Wait, Species Part 2 or, or Friday the 13th Part 2? Species. Species, part yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Friday the 13th Part 5, that's the one where it's Ambulance Driver, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Aye, there's some fucking moments in that film like, oh, Jesus, the boy eating chocolate. Ah, uh, fucking joy. He uh, died last year because I was just uh, randomly just looking up like what stuff he was in. What's he doing now? Is he playing a retard in other films? Mm. <laughs> no. Ah, uh, that can just that still follow that trend where like they 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 are like licensing or rating stuff or is it MPA or something they call it. Really hacked the film a bit. It's like every kill is like kind of 
off screen sort of thing like you didn't see you see the knife flying down but you don't see it penetrate yeah mm-hmm. pretty much mm. and I mean it was alright I've, I've, I've seen it before but I hadn't seen it in a wee while and I th- think I remember it being the ambulance driver and I think I kind of clipped on mm. at times when he was kind of looking it's like, his mask's got a wee bit different it's got blue on it mm. <laughs> so it was alright yeah now um so yes, I mean, where do we start here? The, the opening of the film. Yeah. That that sequence where some boys being pursued by, like the goons, these men in suits. Yeah, they're just basically called assassins. Yeah, and it is like it's quite nice how, of course, it's just like white text on black. And then it's kind of you've got your synth score, and of course, it's John Carpenter scored it, which was like a nice touch. So it kind of had some continuity, or mm. he still kind of. I couldn't remember if this is one that he had written, but I don't think he had a... He produced it. Yeah. He produced it with Deborah Hill. Mm. Um, I, I quite... Um, I actually really enjoyed the synth score. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, it was almost a play on the original one, but it was slightly... Ah, I kind of keep on theme, but... Because um... it was that really colourful opening you got. Yeah. Aye, where it's like, it was like, like a VHS, a, it was like a, an old Atari sort of thing. Aye, aye, an old ass TV set as well. Um, but so I'm jumping into the film. I did I ask what did you think of the film? Um, In brief, I actually quite I quite liked it. Like I didn't think it was as bad as what folks say. Well, I mean, I've watched like loads of guys on YouTube and all that that constantly talk about like this film, saying that like. Like, as a standalone film, it is really good and stuff. If you didn't count it into the, the franchise and all that, it is a really... If you ended up watching it one night and you missed the first five minutes, I didn't care what the fuck this film is. Like, you just watch it and then you realise at the end it's Halloween. Mm. Like, going with, like, an unbiased opinion. I thought it was quite good. I thought the, the atmosphere was alright. Like, also the score was really good. There was wee bits of the score that was, like, almost like a thung. Mm-hmm. Like, like that sort of noise kind of perked, but sort of kept you on alert, sort of thing. Aye. Um, I thought Tom Atkins was alright. I thought um, the assassins like gave off really kind of like like creepy vibes because they never spoke. No, not nah. and that's it. Before finding out what they were, it was just <clears throat> really fucking creepy and- men in suits. When I was going through it, um, one of the guys credited as the assassins was uh, Dick Warlock. He was a stuntman, I think, and he played Michael Banners in Halloween Part Two. Yeah, he all was right. like the main, the main one. It was kind of like after them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, for me, this is my second watch, as I mentioned, quite last year. Um, but I think my kind of overall opinion it didn't get better watching it this time like watching it it's an alright film but there's times where it's a wee bit testing for me yeah um, but I mean like that opening sequence when the, the man's chased into the garage and he gets taken to the hospital and the suits show up and it's the way he fucking kills him aye that was pretty gruesome like aye just just fingers in the eyes and just just Basically, just like breaks like his skull. No, oh, it just sounds like he just fucking pulls it, pulls a fucking digs in through the eyes and pulls the nose. Mm. 
mm. and just breaks his face. <laughs> I love the the fucking reaction of the nurse. Nah, the the fucking the, the black guy that works in the garage where when they were pulling him in and the guy's he's like, they're going to kill all of us. And the black guy's like, nope, fuck this. I've seen horror films. Black guy's <laughs> killed first. I'm in my car and out of here. So, but aye, the fucking eye gouge was nasty. Yeah, it's definitely one of the nasty bits of the film. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the, of the famous advert? Um... I'm not gonna lie, but I fucking hated that jingle. Eh? Aye, it is I nippy. hated it. Creepy ass masks and nippy TV adverts, and it's just the wee bobbin heads. Yeah, and it's just the fucking that would that would really fucking just torment me if like whenever that ad campaign started that started on the first of October, I'm like thirty one more days to Halloween. <laughs> uh, then it's the fucking next day, thirty days, twenty nine. Like, oh my fucking god! Now imagine the like the sort of the fucking kicker as you get to the last day and then on the day just nothing happens. Yeah, like what? Because that's like you're building this up, like something huge is about to happen. Oh, oh, our children's heads are suddenly shrink wrapped in creepy masks and they're <sighs> bugs. Yeah, I thought the the jingle was very fucking annoying. <laughs> uh, so I right, let's let's talk about. Big Tom Atkins as uh, what's it, Dr. Daniel, who is a bit of a, a let's say, a, a shitty father and yeah, and has a little they say he has like a drinking problem, but it's never really ah, focused. Like at the start, he shows up drunk, yeah, to get the kids, and the wife's like, Oh, nice, fucking nice one. Yeah, did you notice who his wife was? Mm, I know, I said the name, but I couldn't um, place her. She played Annie in the original Halloween. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Part of the family. Um, but aye, it's one of these things where we, we've suddenly kind of looked at Tom Atkins as like a gem in films. Like, he's always... I mean, he was a bit of a romancer in fucking The Fog. Yes, aye. Know, and... Have you seen Night of the Creeps yet? I haven't. Oh, I'll need to fucking, I'll need to give you that. Yeah, definitely. I'll it's make that, that part of my watching this month. But it is, it's just, it's just, his his character is just a total fucking tool in the yeah. sense that, right, he, he keeps making all these, like, highlighting the fact that he's a shitty parent where he was missing something. And when the dude gets killed in the hospital, he has to phone them and say, right, I, I can't take them out. I can't take them the night. Something's gotten fucking weird here. I really need to stick at work. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Something serious has happened at work. Next, when he he's met the girl of the dead man, and she wants to go on like a road trip to find out what's happened. It's like, eh, ah, I can't take the kids this weekend. This this uh, young hotter uh, model is want to go on a wee fucking journey up the roads. Yeah. And so I um, I don't want the kids anymore. <laughs> it's when obviously he finds it like it's later on the film and he finds that the whole or deal with the countdown and stuff. Aye. And he phones his wife, and he's like, you can hear him, he's like, no, 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 I'm no drunk, I'm no drunk. But something bad's going to fucking happen. Yeah. And I mean, it's that age-old fucking cliche, and I'd be like, somebody's got like an issue or something. In the... It's like the boy who cried wolf, when there is actually something to fucking tell him about, just, no one's listening. I still, I had a wee chuckle yesterday when I watched it, and he, um, it's when he comes in the house and he gives like the kids the... The bath, and at first I thought they were going to pull the McDonald's because they kind of look like fucking McDonald's like takeaway bars. Yeah. 
in the pool at the shitty, like, pound 99p, pound land mass. And Does it even cover your whole face? <laughs> and, like, the kids are just like, but mum got a silver shamrock once in that, and I bet he just wanted to fucking punch the wee cunt. Aye, uh, <laughs> punch uh, the fucking wee. Spoil wee bastard. <laughs> Aye. Um, now, we mentioned Ellie there. I, I should have checked her IMDb to see how far she was into her acting career before doing this film because, I mean, that first line of dialogue where she comes into hospital is like, is that my father? And kind of looks around and is like, oh, Jesus, was that... That was the best take. Like, she just seemed so... Like, there's no emotion. Like, mm. as if she was a robot from the fucking beginning of the film. Yeah. And I was like, oh... Aye, but I guess she looked tidy. I guess that's what they're aiming for. Yeah. Have a young, attractive brunette to be your female lead and and big old Uncle Tom to guide her guide <laughs> right her, into his fucking motel her. room. It's the fucking line. It's like, where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? And he knows right. He's like, that's a dumb question. Uh, and he doesn't even finish that sentence. He's got his tongue down her throat. He's like, yeah, it's... It's a bit later on where like they're, they're shagging basically, and something happens next door. Aye. And they're like, "Did you hear that?" And he's like, "Busy like getting after me." He's, 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 he's like, "Who cares?" Aye, right. When watching it the first time, I I thought they had like a fucking sex scene that was on for ten minutes. When watching it again, it was, it was kind of like two cutaway shots, so yeah. starting to make out, and the camera pans away. But like I I liked in between it, like, I was like, I had a sex, and then there's lying there. Relax, and she's like, "I'm ready for round two. Aye, because <laughs> and he was at like, that point, he questions like, "What age are you?" Aye. And it's like, <laughs> "How old are you?" Exactly. It's like, if she's then just going to say 15, <laughs> are you then just <laughs> going to fucking hightail it? Up shit and fuck off. Yeah, like oh, dirty Tom Lepido. Exactly. If she's a, a fucking eager wee rabbit to begin with, it's like fucking <laughs> ID her before you fucking put the it's D in the V. Passing themselves off as this couple at this like really dirty. Dumbed in motel. Yes. And how fucking chipper was the man that owned a motel? Uh, like, I just, I was just talking about like, oh, what was it? It's cozy. It's quiet. And I was just waiting for him to say, it's cheap as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> because Angie just knew exactly what it was like. It's, it's just a shag pad. Uh, yeah. Like we rent them by the hour. <laughs> but then you got introduced to that fucking, that, that RV family. Yeah. Like the folk that were so they were fucking... Like, they were like, they worked for the Silver Shamrock, basically, yeah? Aye, they... Who the dad did. Uh, he was like their biggest fan. He was just so fucking... Come on, so it was like Willy Wonka. Like, he was so desperate to get a tour of the fucking chocolate factory. Like TV growing up. Aye. And it was just just so fucking ready to get in there and like the final processing. Yeah. How he was fucking itching to get a look behind the door. Like, what, what happens in there? Yeah. And they get that fucking horrible sequence where they get to watch the show a little early. Yeah. And it just melts their son's head. I, I think if there is like this message of like how TV's ruining children's minds, if they're reaching for that back then, because every yeah. child sat right at the screen and then their fucking mind just implodes and fucking beasties come out. Yeah. It's when, um, it's when he f- meets Colonel Cochrane. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you recognise who he was? No. In my head, I think of him as was it Henry Gibson, the wee Illinois Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was uh, the old man that run OCP and Robocop. Oh, shit. He was the old man. Ah. Yeah. 
Oh. He looked a slightly a bit younger mm-hmm. there, but um, no, it was um, like the whole the whole thing that just kind of swayed me off was the whole Stonehenge thing. Aye, like I, I don't understand what they were trying to go with. Mm-hmm. Were they making microchips out of fucking Stonehenge? But then it was like they were kind of saying that they were doing work for Stonehenge. Yeah. On there, like there was like there was a greater being. Yeah. And it's it's the fucking like sure the the silver shamrock uh, tag on the back, but then it has this microchip, and then there's the random unhappy customer that shows up at the motel. Yeah. Where her shipment was late, so she has to stay there overnight, and. How fucking gruesome was the practical oh, effects? Oh, the misfire. Yeah. Yeah, that um, that was fucking gnarly. Like, it just, obviously, you get that it's, first it's shot where... The blood it's eyes. Like the, it's like the blue light. And aye. then, also when it comes back, like, her face is, like, cooked. Yeah, aye. All, it's just all curled back and eyes and, like... I think it's, it's like, her, I, think that was, I think that was her reaction to find out that Tom was, was too busy, you know, getting on with it and that stone and think he didn't, didn't give a fuck that she was dying. Exactly. <laughs> Imagine chapping over there, God damn it, I'm trying to sleep with someone half my age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to maintain an erection. <laughs> Speaking of misfires. <laughs> but um, I, it was, like, the, like I was saying, like, the practical effects of that was like really well done. Because mm-hmm. it was... Trying to think how it, it was almost like it's somebody with like, okay, it's like somebody that's born with like really big gums and stuff like that. Like, oh, like what's his name? Guy was a for a for his gump, Bubba. Aye. Yeah, and then like to make that scene more unsettling was like the fucking spider or something or the fuck. Oh it yeah, it's like a white spider fucking crawling. It, it's sure it definitely gives it a fucking edge. Like, but like gruesome practical effects is one thing but then just have an insect crawl at the mouth everyone yeah, would just go it's just, it's just like unsettling eh? it's like when you watch um, Arachnophobia no matter how many times you've seen it that fucking just that scene where they're eating the popcorn mm-hmm. and they find them dead and it crawls at the nose and all that ah it's just like oh go on Denny man Arachnophobia uh, is that the one that had John Candy in it John Goodman plays, John Goodman uh, and he's squashing fucking bugs and it yeah. just won't die. Aye, John Goodman's the exterminator. Aye. I'd just seen that for like the first time last year and it blew Margaret's mind. She could not believe I'd never seen it before. But, um, so, let's see. I mean, where could we go? We've got, should we talk about who's got the worst death in the film? Aye. Because, let's see, you've got the first guy. Get his no no like his fucking face caved in. Buddy and Betty when they they get the test and and Buddy Junior's head melts. Yeah. But to and obviously we've just seen fucking face melting with the, the misfire. Yeah. But it's the fucking drunk. Ah. Uh, the local drunk that oh, pops, yeah. sees Tom. It's like that bag looks awfully hell like heavy. Oh, I could lighten it for you. Give us a swig. <laughs> And then the two boys in the suits just rip the fucking head off his shoulders. <laughs> and that's not like a, an entendre for fucking plowing dudes in an alley. No, they literally <laughs> rip the head off his shoulders. It's like, and he's so fucking sorry when they find him. He's just like, no, no. And I, you just see like that point where it's like the neck rips. It's like, 
they were having fun with this film. Yeah, Whatever got to practical do the... effects um, like, are fucking key, like. Yep, but I just fucking I let's just rip the head off this boy. Even <laughs> the like obviously when the net kind of starts closing in on um, Silver Shamrock and uh, Daniel phones the no the nurses. Ah, she's because doing the sample the, with the... the assassin that kills um, fucking the dad, tortures himself. Tortures himself in the car. Aye. And she's busy fiddling about with all the remains and stuff. Can't find any DNA, just fucking yeah. car parts. And then she notices some, I can't remember what it is that she noticed, but she tries to phone. And the assassins are already there. Yeah, and he just fucking... Drills like, her. Yeah, like, I, is it in the eye? Is it in the, I feel like just the put, ear? Or the I think it's the, the, it was the ear. I think he just pins her down and goes... <laughs> and it was, like, that... That was what prompted to ask that fucking question, because I just put... Driller killer to Daniel's nurse pal was the note I'd written, but it's like, man, I there. I think it's ah, oh, I think it's a three way tie between misfire, mm-hmm. the drunk getting his head ripped off, or the fucking old guy just getting his skull fucking broken, by getting his eyes gouged. Aye, it just like, like for for being fucking robots, they're quite creative with how they're fucking that killing was people. Obviously, the the kind of twist mm-hmm. when he. When Daniel punch, big Tom. Uh, somehow manages to fucking go a Terminator on the guy. Punch a hole through the boy. Yeah. And then find out he's made of fucking I vegetable soup. I think that was soup. the one that um, Dick Warlock played. It was the one that got his fucking stomach punched in. Aye. And then all just started fucking spewing out this orange yeah. baby food. Do you feel that because obviously it's no part of the like Meyer story out that they threw in the the clips that have been on TV, didn't they just throw that in just, you know, to kind of... Yeah, I guess... Have a wee poke at the fucking... I know, I... I, I the do, fans. I, I do kind of how I feel, but the Halloween references within it, in the sense of, are they... I feel like, right, they're making it not canon. Right, it's, it's not... They're not going to be driving through Haddonfield to get to where the Silver Shamrock base is, but this is them watching, like, Halloween's a movie... To them in their universe, so they're trying to say this is the the world that we live in. That yeah. Silver Shamrock exists, where they're trying to make it more realistic, and it's not set in a movie universe. It's set in the real world. Yeah. So I could kind of like that touch, but the fact that every fucking second channel was showing Halloween was like, okay, right, we get it. Calm down. Like when they have uh, Daniel tied to the chair at the end, and it's like the last ten minutes of Halloween's playing for him. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we get it. Just put on the stupid advert. Um, I thought it was pretty clever how he manages to, like, get rid of all the, like, the workers in the main base oh, area. Where he gets the... All the microchips. Aye. And he throws and, them in, like, a skylight. Yeah, and it, it all kind of, like, short circuits yeah. them all. Because does it just give the, intre- the, the impression that they were all robots? Or just the effect of the chip just killed the people. Yeah. Because it kind of ricocheted. It's like the light off the microchip and then just zapped everyone. And it just fucking wiped them out. And that's pretty much how Colonel Cochran gets killed by us. It's it's, it's weird. Like, it's a whole Stonehenge thing again because that transports like a beam just right through fucking Cochran's head. Yeah, aye, and... Yeah, there's no really any explanation 
Mm-hmm. I think I'd have to go back and watch it again and listen closely to the whole Stonehenge thing. But aye, it's a stretch, definitely. Mm. Um, was there any part of the film that that kind of freaked you out in a way? I I have one example. Um, the creepy old woman knitting and her head falls off. Like when Daniel tries to talk to her. Uh, <laughs> like something like that happened to me as a kid. I, we were holidaying somewhere further up in the Highlands and it was like a, must have been like a castle and there was some stone cottages in front of it and you were allowed to just walk into the cottages and have a look. And so I went ahead of my mum and dad, went into a cottage and there was like an old woman sitting there knitting and like the first three houses, it was all just like wax. Models. Yeah. So I just walked in there thinking the exact same. It's like, fuck, it's cold in here. It's like, aye, sunny it is. And it's like, Totally <gasps> <laughs> like, fucking yeah, I, I thought I was alone and that woman fucking answered me and I just, a little bit pee came out. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so when I saw the wee old woman in that, I just had the fucking flashback to my childhood. Go, oh, a wee bit pee came out again. <laughs> At least you weren't at that fucking age where you were just trying to run away you had a quick fucking crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could really do with tugging one off in here. Oh, I can't do that here, son. Oh, Jesus! Uh, You're not a robot, are you? Oh. <laughs> Aye. I think, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think what oh, really creeped me out in the film. I think just the fact that they used bugs in it a lot was just like, Aye. Just makes it that a little bit I more mean, gross. The fact that when little buddy dies and the camera sits there for like a minute and it's like some insects, lots of insects, and it's just like a fountain and pouring out. Then a big fucking snake comes out and like yeah. Jesus and you kind of see into the mask a little where it says decomposed skull. Yeah. And the snakes just start fucking biting Buddy and Betty. And yeah. you just assume that they died from their injuries of Aye. being bitten by I imagine it's poisonous. Yeah. But. I think it was a. I think it's probably the misfire when the spider or whatever is like crawls. Yeah. Because it's just like the camera's just staying there and it's watching it kind of just crawl about. Ah, because we're just like, what now? And there's ah, beastie. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, what what I liked about this film is I really liked the last like ten ten minutes there, like when he gets outside. Oh, the him compound and, him and Ellie make Ellie. a break for it. Aye, and then then we see her true colours. Yeah. Well, once he saves her, and he has to start fucking teeing off on Ellie. Yeah, <laughs> no, for the first time anyway. And I like like straight away like you've got an emotional connection. You'll be conflicted. Now nah, just fucking punch her in the pus. <laughs> and it's the fucking Adam. Aye, because he was it he like basically like hacks her arm off first, mm-hmm. launches her, and then he's like, Phew, and the fucking arm comes up. And it's shot in a way where she's obviously just off camera holding onto his neck. But they've framed it where it just looks like a, a loose wild arm strangling yeah. him. It's the fact that like, when she's like de- when she's like decapitated and like her head like her eyes and her are still like kinda of, like looking about. Aye. It, it's corny but it works. Like, we've we've seen it like a hundred times with things like Alien and yeah. it's just a typical thing where it's someone probably sat in a box with their head looking up. And then that fucking the pair guy in the garage again. Ah, he should have just fucking shut down the business. <laughs> uh, and it is, it's that kind of unsettling thought of, because all you see is 
like like a montage of masks flying off shelves and then it's all across America and the advert planes are come on like kids time to go home silver shamrock starts in 10 minutes and they're all wearing the masks they're all going home getting to their telly and you, you know what's going to happen like it is pretty much all the children on earth well in America are going to be wiped out I didn't get thinking like how it happened in America like it's not like the East Coast and the West Coast is like an hour later if they're able to send a message across going, oh, whoa, whoa, get the masks off! <laughs> Trying to warn the West Coast. Mm. But it's, Tom's intensity is fucking perfect when he gets there at the end and he grabs, he's on the phone at the garage and he's just fucking screaming. Like, tell him it's a bomb! Quick, just pull the adverse! Stop! And, I fucked an underage kid. <laughs> she, um, she was wearing a mask. I didn't know. <laughs> and just, no, I haven't been drinking. Jesus, just turn off the adverts. And mm. and it, it worked. There's like that great relief where it's like, pulls off and he's like, thank God. And the boy's like, let's see the next station. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> and then that one goes. And then the third one, and it's staying on. And he's like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And it just, yeah. Uh, it kind of leaves you on edge. Yeah, it's just that, it's like, ooh, 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 with the fucking uh, horrible fucking... jingle. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. It's one of these ones where you're just kind of left with goosebumps going, man, that was unsettling. Yeah. But he he does good. Like, fucking Tom Aitken is like, one of the saving factors of the film. Yeah. And I'm glad, like, because if anyone else kind of played it, it might have not worked, whereas they like, Tom's become like one of these more reliable actors in horror films, I think. Yeah. Well, from the ones I see. Uh, any last notes? Um, no, I've pretty much covered everyone here anyway. I do have uh, some one-star reviews for this one, funnily enough. Yeah. I, I got 11 out of uh, 120. So about 10%. Yeah, also we talk about one-star reviews on Films and Swearing as our little plug to shop at Amazon via filmsandswearing.com. Go there, click on our Amazon link, and do your shopping as normal, and we get a commission from your sale. That's the only thing we ask. We're not wanting money off you, but buy some, do your Christmas shopping on Amazon, but go to filmsandswearing.com first. Buy Season of the Witch, and then decide if you like it. Yeah, or buy a silver shamrock mask. No, it's Christ. They they exist. They they, they probably like maybe more got, nowadays. I know they've got like is it that NECA range where they've released all the figures. Yeah, they're releasing the masks. Aye, because yeah. I've seen that they're releasing like little eight inch figures or or six inch figures of kids wearing the masks yeah. and little plastic props from the film. Yeah. People were saying, how how is this shit film for the, like, how could you call this a bad film from the 80s if now it is still getting, like, because, yeah. like, last year they released it on the soundtrack on vinyl, and I'm surprised it hasn't gotten, like, an Arrow release yet. That feels like right up their street. Yeah. The release, so it's a more obscure, I, cult following horrors. Is it maybe they with the rights? I don't think That's true. Got a That's true. Blurry release. I got a, a really UK nice. DVD. I got a nice Scream Factory release in America. Hmm. Probably with a steelbook as well. Eh? Ah, the steelbook's like a like an animated drawing of like the kids sitting around the telly and all that. Ah, they do quite good covers for their steelbooks. Ah, especially the the one they released earlier on the year at Halloween too, but it's just him on fire. Oh, I, in the corridor. Yeah. Aye. 
was like one of these things like there's, there's no yeah, point getting if an old I had a multi region Blu-ray player I'd probably do a little mash up and overseas <laughs> and that's it like we're all going kind of slowly going to 4k now first thing I'd fucking buy would be the limited edition one in the Myth of Madness oh yeah so you could actually finally fucking own it yeah yeah I know it's Amazon were letting you buy it digitally I was like no yeah no I want to physically own it. Yeah. <laughs> because that's it. Like, there is this thing where you... Sure, fucking streaming's great, but it's not always going to be there. Yeah. Whereas if you... Like, how many times have we went to go fucking review a film and we go look it up on Now TV or Netflix? Like, oh, I have ten and a half. And I've had to, like, pay three fifty on Amazon to fucking watch it. Yeah. Whereas, like, if I still had the fucking DVD that I've had yeah. for years lying on the shelf, there it is. You just... It's physical media. I'm becoming one of those fucking people. What again if it's like a hippie thing or hipster thing? Not a hippie thing. Like like physical media, man. Yeah. Fuck streaming. Yeah. <laughs> now, so the one star reviews. Our first one. Don't waste your time, energy, and money on this awful film. Full stop. Number two. Zero character development. Zero shocks. Zero atmosphere. And zero acting ability. I mean, there was acting. Like, when he looked at it, it's like, what age are you? Wink. Sex scene, sex scene. Like, no. Uh, uh, the only horrific thing about this low-budget trash is you'll never get those 90 minutes back again. Uh, shut up. <laughs> and uh, the worst so-called horror film ever. Okay, all the Halloween films are rubbish in my view, but this takes the crust. Uh, what happened to the biscuits? Why are you going for the crust? Yeah. Um, this film has gotten the worst storyline ever. Definitely not worth watching. Oh, and where was Michael Myers when this was going on? He didn't exist. Yeah. He was a movie character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, so, on to our next film. Halloween 2 from... Um, I mean... Oh, wait, if... box office and budget. Ah, that's what I say. Motherfucker, slow your roll. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, what do you reckon the budget for this one was? My, I, I reckon ten million. <laughs> 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 Tom Atkins is no that fucking dear. <laughs> uh, a nice healthy trim. Two point five million. Oh shit! I originally thought five million, and I thought, come on, it's the eighties. Yeah. So I fucking doubled it. So it was double from my original fucking guess. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. Um, I could only get the domestic total for it. Uh, so the domestic for it is, even though they say that it underperformed, I still say this is a win. It made 14.4. Oh, fucking totally. If it was 2.5 to make, yeah. Jesus. They made a profit of what? 10, 11, 12, aye, about 11, 12 mil profit. Exactly. That's a win. Exactly. Yeah, especially in, in like that day and age. It must have just been fucking like negative reviews. Mm. That convinced them to fucking bring like Michael Myers back. Yeah, but they had to wait six years for it. True. So they couldn't have been fucking totally butthurt over it. Because I would just assume it's like Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween 3. Oh, fuck, right, get Michael back. Yeah. And then, because I just assumed it's like every Halloween, another film. But. Mm. Uh, Trevor notes that I've got three here. Uh, the voice of the operator. That uh, Chalice speaks to, um, well, I think he's going to try to reach 
the medical facility towards the end of the film is the voice of Jamie Lee Curtis. Ah, I knew. I had a feeling that she pops up somewhere and in it. she does the voice over the tannoy at the gas station with the curfew. Right, okay. Um, was this one... I can't... Who was the person that had a voiceover in a film and then they were annoyed to find out that this was the film that they were used for and it wasn't what they were expecting? I feel if it was... If it was Jamie Lee Curtis, was she, annoyed. she had the voiceover for Escape from New York. She done the ah, I couldn't opening, imagine her like being annoyed for that. It might have been Halloween three that she was like sure she done the voiceover, then realised it was. Mm. Well, obviously she would have had to have known if it was Michael Meyer centric. Yeah. It's been the fucking leading character, but um, John Carpenter revealed in an interview a couple of years back that Joe Dante was originally going to be directing Season of the Witch. That would have been interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if Tommy Lee Wallace is maybe because like his first stab at a film. It was. Him. I think it was quite early in his his directing because he seemed to be one of these guys that was always doing other things. Like he's probably gra- yeah. sorry graduated to directing just through yeah. being on the scene for so long. Yeah, and the film takes place from Saturday, October the twenty third. And runs all the way till Sunday, October thirty first, in nineteen eighty two, which was statistically accurate. Yeah, they got their days right. Yeah, and um, there was another one as well. I know what they're doing, but it's been widely known that originally John Carpenter was going to release, like after Halloween two, it was going to be like an anthology mm. sort of thing. So like he was going to do something different. And then the year after, it'd be something. It was just like continuing because of all the. Like backlash and that, they kind of scrapped ah, they that had idea. To... Anyway, well, that was something we never fucking talked about. Did you see who the cinematographer was on this one? Was it Cundy? Yeah, it was. Ah, Dean Cundy. Yeah. So, I mean, it was still heavy, like, Carpenter influence. Yes, it was definitely still his sort of team behind the scenes. But, yeah, I think they wanted... They have sort of the impression of Halloween being like a a franchise in a sense, but every Halloween film being a different... Yeah. Sort of like a Twilight Zone. Well, ah. each episode's something different, but it still comes under the banner of Twilight Zone or Creepshow. Like, it's not necessarily the same villain in every film, but still a horror, but just under the label of Halloween. Yeah. But I guess producers' influence... Yeah. Make more of that thing we like that makes money. Mm. So... Sometimes it's not always the best answer. Aye, but that's, that's fucking one of the huge household names for for horror. Like the fact that my fucking six-year-old son <laughs> name drops Michael Myers because he sees videos of him fighting fucking Chucky on YouTube. <laughs> like, in fucking Minecraft and fucking, ah, oh, fucking YouTube. But yes. He knows a lot about Michael Myers and Chucky for some reason. Yeah. I really need to monitor what he's watching. <laughs> yeah, I think you should, like. Okay, so, time for Rob Zombie's Halloween yeah. 2. So, yes, written and directed by Rob Zombie. So, he's solely to blame for this film. Halloween 2 from 2009 stars... Sherry Moon Zombie as Deborah Myers. Chase Wright Vank. Vinick as young Michael, Scout Taylor Compton as Laurie Strode, Brad Dourif as Sheriff Lee Brackett, 
Caroline Williams as Dr. Maple, Malcolm McDowell as Dr. Samuel Loomis, Tyler Mayne as Michael Myers, and Daniel Harris as Annie Brackett. Mike, what is the plot to Halloween 2? Um, so, whether you've watched the director's cut, because it's slightly different. Hmm. So, um, in the original, it's what, it takes place a year after, and in the, in the director's cut, it says two years. Yeah. So, because the one that we watched was the director's cut, we'll go with that. So, yep. two years after uh, Michael Myers terrorised the town in Haddonfield, he's disappeared, and he's living his best life as a drifter. Mm-hmm. He returns to wreak havoc once again in one of the most fucking unusual instalments in the franchise. Yes. Um, it's kind of like a white trash Halloween. But so was the, re- the original remake. Was True, the, see, yeah, the that's first, a... the first The first half was very white trash. Mm-hmm. Like... I mean, even like the cinematography is kind of shot in such a way where it's so real, like as if people doing it, film, filming movies with their phones nowadays. Like there wasn't like any fancy cinematography. There wasn't yeah. like any proper steady shots or. It was just grimy. Yes, uh, just realistic. Yeah. So, and the same with like the lighting at times. It was just as if they were in someone's house filming them, and there there was no special lighting. It just, yeah. I guess wanted to add like a layer of realism to it yeah. but aye, I I mean I probably should have watched the first Halloween because it is, it is like a proper part to it kind of yeah. just picks up two years later but I guess to kind of warm myself to the characters and get some pre-story yeah I mean I think I think me and you both went to cinema to see the we, remake yes aye um, and like when I was a bit younger, I quite I quite enjoyed it, but I, th- I think like even though the whole because he come out saying he was going to be like taking like a a backstory, mm-hmm. it's interesting, I but because he just made it like white white trash and they made it because he got fucking bullied, yeah, and that which was just like almost like a bit of like lazy writing if you will, mm-hmm. but. It is a total white trash nature of the fucking Rob Zombie. If you watch his films, they're very white trash. Yeah. Aye, all cunts got dreadlocks. Their houses are all covered in fucking graffiti. And, Mm. like, if I I was fucking Chef Brack, I'd be like, fucking tidy your room. Your jeans are torn. Cut that fucking hair. Mm. Take a bath. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You're a bunch of tinks. And that's him talking to Michael. (laughs) Aye. You're not coming to my house with those shoes on. Look, why are you wearing a house coat? Um, was this first time watch for you? It was, yes. Because was all I heard about it was, oh, the film's fucking terrible. Didn't you watch it? And for like most of the like people that have seen Halloween too, and it's like, oh man, oh shit, and just and maybe I, in the sense that like Michael's got these visions where it, it almost feels like. What's it? The the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit almost. There's like this trinity of figures. Uh, Although he, Michael's kind of one of them. But it's just like the mother and, and him as a the child. It's symbolism him with the white horse and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll see people when you, if you're on like Twitter and stuff, you'll see people that will rank their like Halloween lists. And 
Nine times out of ten, the bottom of the pile is either this one or Halloween Resurrection. Oh, yeah. There is a couple of people that do have this one higher up because how different and original it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Because well, that's it. When they do something different with it, it could come off as a plus. Like, yeah. watching that Godzilla vs. Biollante, for, for once it's not a monster for space, it's a mutated fucking rosebush. So it's like points on being creative and different yeah so um i mean i've seen it a couple of times i think i've I think this is the first time you've seen it maybe in five five years or something and i mean it does have issues and i, I think overall I, I didn't mind it mm-hmm. it's not a fun word watch all the time but i'd probably go back to it every now and again but yeah. that's just there's a lot of Inconsistencies and there's a lot of what was the other word I used the other day? Like, oh, like indecisiveness about the film. Like, I can't really tell like what decade or what year they're in this film because it was the same with the like the first part. You can't really tell if it was if it was in the seventies or no because yeah. I mean, fair enough. You never seen like any mobile phones or any like oh, any exactly. modern technology. Yeah. This one, there is modern technology, but it has a very... Those have old-ass black-and-white TVs as yeah. well. Which, playing just... Because there's yeah. a lot of music in this film. Yeah, and the music is very, like, 70s, like, fucking, like, like hippie rock, like, there's, like, Leonard Skinner and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like there. So there is that. <coughs> you can't really tell if, like, what decade they're sort of in. Mm-hmm. But I think like the one of the first problems I noticed with the film is the whole like white horse thing. I mean, it's been fucking written time and time again. It's like he always feels he has to put his wife in every film. Aye. I mean, fair enough. However, in the um, let's say like three for hell, there was either because she's she part she's of that. one of the trio. Yeah, she's Aye. one of the three of them. So that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. But I, I I don't understand why. She is in this one. Yeah. Right, it's almost like, like she's like a guiding spirit for him, sort of thing. Like she's telling him where to go. Yeah. And that's it, because they, they just rely on the fact that they're right, we'll make you his mother. And she just. Has, there's some of the sequences they have. It just looks like a fucking music video. Like there's mm. scenes where like Laurie's in like a glass coffin or they're. It's it's Deborah Myers and the child Michael and they've got the skeleton with the Michael Myers mask uh, on and it's just all these sets like feels like a fucking Manson music video that we're watching and mm. it just like I guess sure maybe just because it's so fucking different but I I reckon I think my overall reaction to the film is like putting it in stars would say like five out of ten like it's average yeah it's it's I did I didn't come away with such hate as that I've. Yeah. It might just be maybe more hardcore Halloween fans find this offensive. But I'm like oh usually one of the most easily pleased people when it comes to films. Mostly generally every film's pretty good, alright. So it takes a lot to fucking piss yeah. me off with a film. So this one it didn't piss me off, it was weird. But they were trying something different and it's yeah. it alright. I suppose it's mere entertaining the Lords of Salem because it was Aye. Yeah, and I, I can't remember much of that film. Ah, uh, I just 
I think guys in goat masks, and I think I saw like an erect cock at one point, and I was like, <laughs> plenty. And like, nope. Yeah. And then right enough, his wife was in that heavily as well. Yeah. And there was just some bad fucking aye. Um, one of the positives of the film is the fucking outstanding opening hospital sequence. Oh yeah, with fucking is she Oscar winning or Oscar nominated? Olivia Octavia Spencer. Octavia that's it getting fucking butchered yeah um, obviously I think when they put the trailer out they had the hospital a wee bit of the hospital sequence in the trailer and I think that was to go with people into going to see the film because obviously the second film was set in the hospital totally and it was a really good sequence um, did you notice one of the other nurses no. Um, the nurse with like the short brown hair. Was it the one that she was talking with? Yeah. Aye. Um, she played Stretch in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh too. fuck! Ah oh, man. Yeah. Shit. That should have been more obvious to me. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like the hospital sequence, obviously, because the film picks up pretty much. Right at the end of the first one, where it's yeah, like pulling the bodies out. Like, yeah, like she's walking down the street with a gun, mm-hmm. and she gets stopped by Sheriff Brackett and stuff. Aye. And then she's getting transported to the hospital, and she's fucking like she looks a lot worse. And this and what she did at the end of the well, maybe not actually. Because mm-hmm. I, when they're cleaning it up, like they're pulling glasses, like the fucking fingernails and are the, coming when, off. Aye, like a part of the fingers like fucking missing and stuff. Yeah, I reckon if that's maybe because of she got fucking speared through a wall, through a banister, like, what, like, two flights, maybe? Aye. But, um, also, the hospital sequence is good, but as well, you get that wee sequence with the, the corners. Oh, aye, the, and that was it, it was like, the old boy for Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. And the other guy was familiar from something. He... I feel like he must have been the dickhead villain in something. He played that Doomhead in 31. Oh, He's right. He's in 3 from Hell, but he played the Night King in Game of Thrones. Ah. The guy with the total big teeth. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. who he is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, you know, the fucking, like, that cow got absolutely fucked up. Aye. That is it. Just fucking out of nowhere. Cow. Just yeah. Fucking. <laughs> and it's like... Because I was expecting to be like my well, Myers was in the fucking yeah, the van. In the I was like, I expected him to be in that. Nah, I'm gonna have to sacrifice a cow for this. That was a hard day in the writing room for Rob Zombie. He's like, how yeah. the fuck do we call it? Ah, let's just put a cow on the road. Mm. <laughs> and I mean, that fucking that corner got it bad. Like, ah, were they not having a conversation about like, like shagging the fucking dead one? Yeah, ah, yeah. he's and sticking a dead woman's butt. because that was what the old boy was laughing off and they yeah. forgot about the fucking road. And that's it. There is actually a few familiar faces. I reckon if it's just because they're all pals with Rob Zombie. Ah, they're always kind of lingering around. They're yeah. almost like the Tarantino like family. Aye, well. the gang. Yeah, because that's it. You had the the other dude for Sunsanarchy, the heavy set dude with the shaggy hair. Oh, Elvis. Yeah, like yeah. when they he showed was up. one of the. I reckon rednecks beating yeah. up Michael Aye. in a field. Yeah. Aye, and then he gets introduced to the Staghorns. Yeah. Aye. And 
Aye, so you had Octavia Spencer. Aye, she was the one that ended up in uh, Shape of Water, wasn't it? Yeah, aye. Where she fucking tells her husband to sit down. Yeah. And that great scene where she fucking finds the courage. <laughs> look, look mm. where she's come from. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually like really like. No, that's a total creepy, but I actually like quite like like her death. Like it's quite brutal. It is, and she's fucking greeting, and like she's. Aye, like there's anyone in that situation. You're just yeah. fucking and it's just like, it's just the noise of the, the knife fucking gone in. You hear it hitting the fucking ground on the other side. Yeah. Of it. Ugh. And then also when the camera pans away, the knife's just sitting calmly in the head. Yep, that's it. And it's like she's nominated for an Oscar. And look at her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I imagine she's lying there thinking I'm meant for better things. <laughs> but then obviously, like as the what about that it? woman in the fucking stairwell? Oh. Just lying there dead with no eyes. Mm. That that didn't even earn enough. That didn't earn screen time. Nah. That's something if you saw it in the film, it's like, man, that better be in the director's cut. That looks nasty. Uh-huh. Nope. Um, and then also she gets to that wee cabin and is it Buddy or something he's called? Like the guy that's like the cabin secu- the security or something. Oh, he's like, I'm going to, don't worry, I'm just going to get my car. Mm. And then he just fucking gets it in the back. Uh and then obviously it's a whole bait and switch. It's a fucking doom sequence. Aye. And then and she it opens just... up to two years later. Yeah, because that was a... At first I thought, like, okay, this is how that happened. And it's fast forward two years. And it's like, how did she survive that? But but aye, it was just a yeah. fucking dream. And I mean, it does tell the story well. Like, somebody suffering for, like, PTSD after, like, a like, yeah. horrific fucking thing as much as that. Aye. And that's it. Her character goes through a lot. Like you see her in therapy, and yeah. like half of this fucking film is her just having mental breakdowns yeah. and screaming at folk. I feel she's very unlikable in this one. I mean, mm-hmm. fair enough. She didn't really do much in the first one Aye. as to like what like Jimmy Curtis done, but she was very unlikable in this one. Like she was almost like white trashy because obviously she also gets revealed that she's like the sister and she finds yeah. that out later on in the film. Aye. But, like, the whole, like, she's obviously living with Annie and Sheriff because obviously her parents are fucked up. Aye. Um, and Annie as well, she's kind of suffering with the effects and she's like, the scars in the face. Scars and stuff. Aye. I thought, because that was it, it's Daniel Harris. Yeah. yeah and aye. she's kind of got her links in with the films already. She was the kid from the Fourth yeah, she one? played his niece in the fourth and fifth one. Aye, I just mind her getting bullied in school. They were focal like trying to like, get like a petition to like to get, get her, her in the, into the new one. Aye, but how do you falling on deaf ears? How eh? do you put her into the new one? Because obviously her storyline is no canon. Aye, I guess just write her a new role, maybe. because yeah. that's it. She's also the niece, and then Annie in the remake, but. Where yeah. they're going for the new ones, it's just overwriting too. Yeah. So, but just have her as some cunt in a coffee shop or something, just to. Yeah. Add it in because she has kind of become like a like a, some sort of scream queen. She does seem to pop up in horrors. Yeah. What was that? I last she... watched her, and I watched her in the sequel to Seen Evil with Kane. Oh yeah. Aye. She was in that. She played like one of the morgue attendants mm-hmm. and stuff. And so that's. I feel like she's kind of becoming akin to like Stretch where she'll show up in horror films and horror buffs will recognise her she was fucking Bruce Willis's kid in Last Boy Scout aye yeah 
Um, when looking at her IMDb last night, she had a credit for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think she was one of the, like, part of the Manson clan. Um, she was just credited as Angel. Hmm. And how all them, they had kind of those hippie names. So I just imagine she was just one in the crowd of those hippies. Yeah. So, but, aye. Um, um, I think one of the other, like, negatives of this film is the way they portray Sam Loomis. Yes. Like, he's... He's a sellout now. Yeah, he's, he's a fucking... I'm not a fan of his role in this one. Book, tilt and sellout. Mm. Uh, what about the fucking like cameos for was it Chris Hardwick and Weird Al, where he he's also he's doing the rounds promoting his book, so he's doing fucking like the press junket, going on TV shows yeah. and getting the piss ripped out of him. Aye. And um, Margot Kidder was his um, publicist. Yeah. Because remember we talked about that when she died. Yeah. Because this year or last year she died. I think it was this year. I, I I was trying to think. I I assumed that she was the therapist for Laurie, where they were having like a wee shouting match. Yeah. But it was it was. She was a publicist. So. Mm. Aye, and it was he was a nasty character in this. Yeah. And even his he didn't really help too much towards the end either. Like how nah, he was only really there just like in a book tour. Aye, and then when it was going on, he was like. Kind of thought, oh, I'm key to this situation. I could help. And they're yeah. like, no, nah, we don't want your help. Fucking sit down. Because she had, like, the whole moment where it kicks off towards the end and Cher's bracket is on fucking, like, on edge. And when they finally do, like, the 999 call or 911 call, uh. the deputy that comes out to tell him, like, just this one thing that annoyed me last night. It took about 10 minutes to tell him that the fucking 911 oh, call woman. come for your uh. house. I was like, Sheriff, we got a 911 call. Did you dispatch it? Yes, sir. I was like, just tell him it's for his house. Mm. Just say, like, Sheriff, it's that thing you've been worried about all night. It's happened. Yeah. I was like, no. She stood there and so explained protocol to him. I was like, come on. There's fucking, like, white trash being butchered down the road. <laughs> like, Laurie's fucking dirty pals are getting killed. Aye. <laughs> uh, like, that, that weird one that was... Dressed as Tim Curry. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, that was a bit shag this wolf boy that really lucked out and he really didn't again if he wanted to sleep with Tim Curry or not. <laughs> no. And he gets impaled on a tree. Aye, didn't fucking Michael Myers show up like the Flash to kill him? Like, uh, honestly, it was just like, showed up, killing him. It was just like, like, just suddenly appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. And then just decided to fucking reach in the van and strangle the freaky Tim pal. Curry, yeah. Aye. Aye. <laughs> it's the fucking like the kid was so excited. I, I need to go take a piss. So like, I don't mind going to shower and such. Fucking wigging her tongue. He's like, oh, that's gross. That's gross. <laughs> 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 fucking Michael just reaching and like, You're dirty. I don't like this. Snap. <laughs> no, no. I kind of look like a fucking seven foot David Harbour, like with a fucking hoose coat made of fur. But nope, you're dirty. You're not meant for this world. <laughs> And, I mean, what about this decision of Michael just to kind of have him as, like, this hitcher? Just, oh. It just looked like fucking Santa Claus just cutting a bit <laughs> big-ass brown beard. It's like, how are we supposed to know he's Michael? Look at, like, it just... For like, being an iconic character and having him spend hardly any time in 
the iconic get-up. Yeah. Like, sure, they do give him his mask, but they start tearing it apart. And mm. I reckon, I always want to imagine him being disfigured underneath it. And just to kind of see his normal face under it, just, I reckon, humanises it. Or yeah. It's just... I think that's why a lot of people fucking despise this instalment, because of what they've done, mm. you know. Like, was obviously... Like he's walking about like he is like a total hobo. Aye. And, you know, like a big fucking hoodie on and that. But what I didn't understand is, like, if the film is, like, two years later and stuff, where the fuck did he go for two years? What did he no. do? Because I don't think he was just, like, wading about a fucking farm. No, he just wandered around, sitting, like, as, like, that fucking meme you... No, that's because it's that Jason meme where he's just sitting looking at the calendar. Waiting for Friday the 13th, uh, he's just sitting there waiting for the 31st of October, going, right, let's go, let's go, fucking stretching to get get the overalls at the cupboard, pull uh, on the mask. Um, what, uh, you just made me think there, how he, like, with people coming across him, like, what about the the, the strip club scene, uh, where you've got, I don't fucking Tits McGee, her, her, how was it, her husband, Howard's, like, or Terry or something like this guy. The guy with the black hair and the... The moustache. Aye, where he was getting treated like shit. And then there was like the, the strip club owner yeah. who was Frankenstein and he was on TV promoting his fucking strip club. And, yeah. And then they just like... Aye, it's just this like, little strip club where there's just one lassie. They make... I feel like her, her husband's the Janny and the owner's just going to pump his missus and there's nothing he can do. Yeah. And he goes outside and gets absolute mauled. Aye, just... Picks a fight with the wrong guy. Yeah. I gets his. He looks very much like Dave Grohl. Eh? Oh, okay, guy, kinda. But... He was making me think of that actor that plays Trevor in a Grand Theft Auto. Oh, right. Like, kind of just, and he's like in Walking Dead. He kind of had like that look with just the. Hmm. Aye. And as well, looks a wee bit almost like like Jeffrey Dean Morgan as well. I think. Hmm. But just the way it goes. Stomping his face in, and it's almost like a quick camera cut where it kind of looks like it goes from human to like a dummy, and it just uh, and you just seeing the head go in, and it's the fact he hangs it up in the fucking strip club, and it's just uh, it's just a, a mush, like there's yeah. no distinct features that it was a face at one point, it was just mush, yeah, and the fact that. Like when he fucking finally wades in, and there's Big Green trying to what was it so, introducing the stripper to Jolly Green Giant? <laughs> yeah, that. I think that scene as a wee bit like. So like a bit filler. It didn't really add anything to the story. It just kind of kept Michael busy for ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. The guy fucking getting his arm completely fucking. Snap! Yeah, he was petrified. Aye, and his face as well. He was running about, like fucking Paul Bearer, just running about. And And then, then, like, you can clearly see as well, like when they turned into the dummy with the stripper, when he like basically just turned their fucking face into like fucking putty. Aye, just mashed, fucking several times. So I I think, because I'm trying to think if any of that had any impact on the story. Yeah. Because none of the characters were related to the cast. Nah. I don't think the cops ever went there. Nah. Nah, nothing got like. 
It was literally just keeping them busy. Uh, for... uh, exactly. That's a good point, actually. Like, nobody picked up on the fucking... Uh, there was no news crew there sending a bunch was, of dead folk at a strip club. There was no news it, crew at the fucking... fucking nah, none of those people fields. related to the, the main cast. So it's like, yeah. oh, why is mum not home yet? And yeah. Aye. I reckon if I wonder if that was like a director's cut moment, because I, I feel like that sequence could be taken out of the film and it would never be missed. Yeah. Like, sure, the only other key scene was the fact that him dresses Frankenstein, and Laurie notices him and says, "Oh, there's a guy dresses Frankenstein saying a bunch of perverted thing to kids." Yeah, like that was the only other connection where it was came to a main character. It's not like Laurie ends up at a strip club and finds all these bodies. Yeah. Um. One of the good things I liked about the film is I liked the, like the kind of score they had. Like, when it was like night time and all that, and it mm-hmm. was just like a dreary, like, noise playing, and then it was like just the occasional, like, like guitar strum and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the things I noticed about it as well was that, apart from the credits, there's not a single bit of John Carpenter's score. Aye. Is, and I mean, I can, is it you get Tyler? It. Tyler Bates, which always Aye. confuses me because it's like the British wrestler Tyler Bates, but yeah. there is still like a composer. Like, yeah, I think he even still got a credit on Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah, it came up with say music by Tyler Bates and like, yeah, but also that's also Zombie One of Days and hanging out. Um, yeah, shit. Uh, where else am I? But that was I didn't have. Too much more notes after I'm like trying to think how the fuck did it end? Because obviously I... he shows up in the house like where Laurie decides to kind of go fuck it, go at work clubbing with her pals, gets back to the house, find that Annie. Uh, the Annie scene was quite well done. Yeah, where because that's it. She just had enough. Like the fucking cop outside got fucked, and yeah. Then when it fucking... He was just in the house waiting for her. She was yeah. getting ready to fucking take a shower and just... Big Mike was in the corner. Yeah. Fucking still was a statue. <laughs> and it was just like... She eventually just turned around and saw him and went... Oh, fuck. It's like... Um, like with the whole Drax thing. Like, you know, like... If I stand still, I'm invincible. Yeah. Right. Mike Myers is standing out in a packet of crisps. <laughs> in, in the shower. <laughs> um, He's sitting nibbling on a stripper's head. I think if I had to get to somebody for like like who stole the film, mm-hmm. was it, I'd probably say Brad Dourif done a really good job with Sherry Braga, especially oh, at the scene where he obviously gets, hears that dispatch and comes home and finds Annie like oh, cut to bits because obviously this is like literally after. Ah, oh, his fucking break, breakdown, ah. Oh, oh, something that any parent could fucking relate to if anything horrible ever happened to their fucking child. Like, yeah. Being battered by a seven foot fucking monster, and she was alive, or was she? She was alive, she was alive with, with Laurie, but dead by the time that yeah, they got the sheriff shows up. Aye, I did like that scene where they find like they find out where he's went to, and they go and fucking oh, the sheriff's aye, sheriff's just sat there, like kind of on the porch, and is it? Like, ah, we've got an idea where he is. He's went. He's like. Fucking locked himself up here. Should we go? And he's like, "Aye, you drive." And because it was like he's no, he's unsteady. He will just go fucking yeah, nuts. And it kind of ends on like a Mexican standoff. Eh? 
Because you've got Michael, you've got Dr. Loomis. Because he shows up, obviously, here not on the news, but the standoff and all that. And, um, and then Laurie and. With the whole, like, with the whole um, white horse and all this symbolism, like, come, like, full circle. Yeah. Whereas, kind of like, she's in the shack herself, mm. not being attacked. Aye. And part of me was like, has Michael been imaginary all along? I was waiting to see a sequence where yeah, it's just... Yeah, because you get that thing earlier on the film where it's almost like, like telekinesis where he's like eating the fucking dog, which is weird. No. And then she starts like throwing, but then she has a... She has that fit where she's like in, like running the bath. Aye. So I reckon what they were going with with that one. But um, with the Mexican standoff and stuff, and then like the the one bit everybody fucking hates in the film is when he takes his mask off or his hood mm-hmm. and like screams at him and then like stabs him Aye. and then obviously he gets like shot the fuck and it's like is he really dead? aye but in the if you watch the feature they've got like the alternative scenes right and the regular and the regular cut the ending's different so Oh, when they're in the barn, mm-hmm. um, Loomis gets cut to fuck, and I mean like the bow you see him like holding up and like his like skulls like pretty much fucking sticking through his head. Fuck. And then the sniper takes a shot inside the barn and it impales uh, Michael with like farm machinery. Right. Okay. And then Laurie just fucking goes to town on them with a knife. Aye. And then she comes outside with a mask on. Aye. And then it cuts to that long shot in the like, insane asylum. Aye. Because she gets shot at the end of the Yeah, this aye, this, one. this cut. Aye, she gets riddled with bullets. Yeah. And I'm thinking, then the next shot of her, like, how? This fucking lasted like 50 cent. What's going on here? Yeah. Fucking collected those bullets. And just but then when I was reading off. the notes, I thought we were saying that this is maybe her, like, Dying. This is what she's seeing. Like she's in that. This is her white tunnel tunnel and all that. And then it's the mum there with the horse, and it's like, all right. Yeah, I honestly thought because it it goes in her face, and like she's got like the bags under the eyes and the heads down. She's slowly coming up to a smile, waiting for her just to pull the fucking mask on. Then yeah, and then it kind of just ends. Aye, aye. My kind of only last thought was, oh well, that's it. There was, they were looking at doing a third one and they were going to have it. Make a trilogy. They were going to have it in 3D as well, cashing the whole 3D oh. thing back in that time. <laughs> Aye, 2009. Obviously, Rob Zombie didn't want to do it anymore. Hmm. It also bombed at the cinema, folk fucking hated it, so that went out there. It was, it was when I seen the names that popped up at the end, like Bob and Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And like, oh, <laughs> those names. Uh, Old um, Harvey. But it was like there was for years and years they were talking about they were going to make finally make a third one and mm. it just never ever happened. Ah, and that's it. It's kind of it's mm. it won't happen now. Nah, and We've I mean because obviously, like he's done something different, and I mean it is his like vision and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's <laughs> a weird one. Pardon the pun, but he had a, it yeah, was quite he had a good... psychedelic in a way. Yeah. Aye. But aye, pardoning a pun. I'd say you had a good stab at it. Hmm. Yep. 
You didn't. You didn't. Aye, you're right by not reacting to that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you have any last notes? Uh, is there a a BBT? Yeah, I've got a wee bit of BBT here. Uh, so the budget for this one was uh, fifteen million. Christ, I was about to say thirty. I'm I'm fucking doubled the day. Mm. <laughs> um, domestically it took thirty three, mm. and foreign it only took six. So it kind of bombed like foreign markets sort of wise. Aye. Can't remember if it got a cinema role. I think it, it, it did. Must, it must it have, did. but yeah. Um, Tribune level two here. Uh, Rob stated that he would never do a sequel after the first one until the studio decided they will because they made a ton of bank, mm-hmm. as usual. Uh, so he signed on to write and direct so that nobody ruined his vision. Ah. So I'm kind of yeah. wondering if he didn't sign on they got somebody else I wonder how they would have went yeah. in the direction I wonder if it maybe would have been a bit different and you probably wouldn't have got like Hobo Michael I would have been watered down a little I'd imagine uh, another time I know got John Carpenter was offered a cameo in the film but uh, turned it down hmm. I wonder he could have played the fucking old guy that worked in the shop that they worked in remember is that like a coffee shop or something I'm struggling to think of the and coffee shop. he was shop. like the old guy. Morning about I've been late. Oh, I can't mind it. I fucking watched it not even 24 hours ago. Maybe that was one of those moments where I felt like I was falling asleep. Mm. But. Mm. It's a weird one. I, yeah. I think I slightly prefer this one to the remake of the original just because that's a bit different. Yeah, the, the other one was pretty much play by play. Yeah, especially the second half of it. Yeah. Because that was like what, like one thing I noticed, I hated about the fucking, the remake when it got released on like DVD and stuff. And it got released as like the director's cut. Right. Again. Mm-hmm. And the way that Michael broke out of the mental hospital and the director's cut was different for the theatrical one like the theatrical one was him getting transported and I'm mm-hmm. just like attacking on the guards and the director's cut two of the fucking hospital workers bring a lass in his room and like rape the lass in his room and then he Danny like, Trio one of them? No he was a Janny Ah, uh, does he not he, befriend the Janny or Aye he was like part of the Janny when he was a kid and then he just and he kills him throw the fucking TV on his head What? <laughs> Machete. Yeah, but I like so basically these two like hospital workers fucking rape a a, a patient. Some vulnerable patient gets pumped. Yeah, and then he, he fucks the two of them up. <laughs> He's and like, then, and then I'll just, show you his rape. And then walks out, and then also <laughs> show you that then cuts to the scene where Danny Trejo went on for his night shift and finding He's all like, the. I've got a lot of work to clean. Finding up. all the security fucking mangled up. I can imagine Betjen's like, Michael, clean up after yourself. Fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> Look all this blood I've got to mop up. Uh, he just drops the TV on his own head I to get out of it. There's, um, uh, there's blooper reels on this, which is actually quite funny. Ah. Yeah, the blooper reels are quite funny. Mm-hmm. For what I remember. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can. Just search FAS Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. 
And yeah, that's it. You'll be able to find us on that easily enough. Any last notes, Mike, before we if I can put this one to bed? Um Ah, not really. Ah, okay. Fair enough. And that's it. We've covered the probably the two most controversial Halloweens of the franchise. There was not time to cover Resurrection. Yeah. No. I might attempt to watch some more Halloween films, but do my three six five challenge. Mm. I'm really neglecting films I would normally watch this time of year, because the thing, Psycho, Shining. Um. I've I've had easily best time of year to sit and watch these films. But the sooner uh, I've set myself like some horrors that I will like ones that I've not seen yet that I want to try and watch. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I've still I've still never seen Sam Raimi's um, Drag Me to Hell. Oh yeah, that and was I, decent. I actually really want to see it. I need to get around to watching uh, Carpenter's The Ward. Yeah, I've not seen that one. I've either. I've had it on DVD for about six months now. Yeah. So I look forward to being disappointed. Which is like another sort of controversial, like uh, the bum note that he went out on. So yeah. I was like, ah. And whether, if he ever will, sit back in the director's chair. But the guy seems happy doing what he's doing. Yeah. So. Aye, let's, let's end this before this laptop cuts me off. Ladies and gentlemen, fuck off and tune in next week. If you dare. <laughs> Insert techno Halloween music. Can't say I missed that. <laughs> That's how I just laugh normally. That wasn't Vincent.